take it on, and it's game on. Another edition of the head game here on WBCB. He's got the ball, Dr. Lee Piccarillo on offense, right first out. I'll take the ball and run with it. Good morning, Fox. <laughs> All right. How are you? Good. Set to go here for another edition. Another edition. Another installment. Another another chapter. Journey. Another journey. Good morning, Jess. How are you? I'm okay. You doing all right? I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> I figured that we mix things up a little bit. You mentioned uh, last time at the show that you you very mu- you like the you welcome the impromptu, the off the script. I believe is what you said. So I figured that we would just kind of get right after it, go a little off the script, and see how it feels. Okay. Right. So when we talk about uh, today's show, by the way, is all about the competitive mind, born or made, and when we think about what we watch in athletics, when we watch in performance, uh, as something as exciting as Toronto winning the first championship in franchise history last night over Golden State, we then look at the, I believe it was 13 nothing um, women's soccer, um, whole lot of attention, the wrong type of attention given to that team's victory, discussing the notion of excessive celebration against a soccer team that clearly was not really meant to be on the same field as the United States. And you think about the competitive spirit that exists within all of us and how we go about our craft. Um, How does one become competitive? Is it taught? Uh, Is it something that we are more born with? It's just the way that we're built or how I like to refer to as hardwired. Is there such a thing as being too competitive. We've heard this expression many, many times when someone's emotions may get the best of them or they can't turn off the competitive switch and they don't know, he or she does not know when it is appropriate to be less competitive or not take things so seriously. We might have all experienced that sitting around a Monopoly board game with family members at times. Uh, I myself can recall a, a rather intense trivial pursuit game with my brother many, many years ago. Not as a child, by the way, but as a, as a young adult. Is competition bad for our children? Some people say yes. Some people it's bringing out the wrong things way too early in life. And we can also make the argument that it's bringing out the wrong things in the adults that are running the sports, that are coaching the sports. And are the benefits from being competitive worth the engagement? Do all great athletes, CEOs, musicians, artists, what do they have in common? Is there a competitive drive to be better? What do you think, Jess? Yeah. I do. I think competitiveness. Um, well, we're going to get into it. I know we are. Um, this is off script. I do think it's made. You do? Yeah, I don't think you're born with it. Oh, that's interesting because I'm going to take a slightly different stance. I think everyone's kind of born with but <clears throat> eh. I think everyone's born with it to some extent. It's like the survival instinct type of thing. And then I think that these athletes, like when we're watching the finals, like that's that they've groomed that. Right. I think you are correct that everyone is born with a survival instinct. I do not think everyone is born with a competitive nature because I believe wholeheartedly they are not the same. Um, Being competitive, 
I think, is either one of those intangibles. Being really competitive is one of those intangibles that either drives you, it's how you live, or not. And I think it's actually, when we take a, a dive into what it's all about, the variables that really need to be present, there's less of those people out there than we realize. But before we get into it, we're going to do a little morning mindful news, and we're going to listen to our own Jesse Ferdinand. Thank you, Thank Foxy. You. So I was going to end with this, but I actually want to start with. I this always now. like to end start sometimes with what we end with. Because <laughs> I'm you, interested on where the competitiveness. You know, that's a solid marketing ploy as well. Always start with what you finish. Because sometimes you, Whoa, pe- would you look at that. You wait too long to get to the big like aha moment, and you've lost your audience. So sometimes it's good to start with what you finish with. Well, this I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story with the the Jack's New Year's Brigade, the Mummers Parade, the the band's club. Have you heard of this story? I have not. I'm I'm familiar with the Mummers Parade. Yeah, so I'm they, familiar with the clubs. Okay, I didn't know they had. I their have own a pretty club. raucous New Year's Day story that I could okay. share off air with you <laughs> that involves the Mummers clubs. Well, somewhere down in South Philly land. Yeah, that's exactly where it is. Yes. So down near the Mummers Museum. Yeah. So yes. they won. So whatever their big thing is that they they do, I think it's I, I'm pretty sure it's the giant parade that we see every year. They won first place last year, and they won it to the song Gloria by Laura Branigan. Are you guys familiar with yes. that song? Yes, we are. The blues. That's good. Yeah. So they won it with that song, and now it's going into when the Flyers were playing this year and we were playing the blues who just won the stanley cup in game seven yes versus the boston bruins yeah so when the blues, in boston there was five blues players that came into this bar and at the this time, is after they won no oh this is when they were on a losing streak oh, okay and they're playing us the next day i see and we're on a pretty good streak gotcha so they come into this bar and normal phillies fans you know are saying, let's go flyers right they, the eagles games on so they're just in the heat of it and they're because they're winning the song glory is playing on repeat on like on a it's loop. just on a loop yeah and it turns out that these the blues players started to like it. So they're like, no, no, keep it going. Like They're going to change it for them, so they keep it going. And long story short, that song becomes their anthem for the entire year. They go on this huge, they beat us, they win outright, and then now they win the Stanley Cup. The... <laughs> We have the player, the the Phillies fans, who you would assume are Flyers fans, are now Blues fans going to the Stanley Cup. I don't. Know. We have Braden Shen there, Delzato. Oh, so the St. Louis St. Louis Blues theme song, Gloria, Gloria, which I did because not know because of us. Because of us and this and our this fans not only are going to the Mummers. I'm sure. I think it's definitely know they're going to the parade. The, there was a Blues. Party like a watch party in Philadelphia, <laughs> For wearing the, the jerseys. Right. Who I assume we were. They were all. Flyers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this is a, a very a very small pocket of obscurity that exists somewhere in in and around South Philadelphia. Um, we're just gonna chalk it up to that. Great story though. Love the story. It's a good story. It's, it's a great like, story. What, what happened? It's a great song. Maybe Foxy can bring that up at some point. I don't oh, yeah. know. You know, because Foxy, yeah. Foxy's that creative devil where he makes the mental note, and just when you think, you know that 
you know. And then bang, it shows up. I could do that. I don't even like. I think the Flyers are probably the least watched sport for me. Mm -hmm. I would still never root for another team. I don't care if I shook hands with whoever. You just wouldn't do it. Yeah, you just don't do it. It's okay. Is that my competitive mind? (laughs) It clearly is. And I love the segue. Foxy, let's go to number one. This is the psychology of being competitive, and it's just really the foundation for our overall conversation today. The psychology of competition and what motivates us toward competition. And the first thing to note when thinking about the psychology of competition is to know that competition is absolutely everywhere around us. It's in an economic stance when we look at financial markets. It plays a big role in selecting powerful politicians such as presidents and prime ministers. It's even evident in our educational system when students try to improve their grades and do extracurricular activities in order to get ahead and get into the top universities and college courses. And of course, it plays a massive role in people's passion for sport. The bottom line here is that competition is absolutely everywhere around us and in fact is part of human nature. Now this might sound like a really strange question for psychologists to ask, but it is an important one. Psychologists want to know more about the psychology of competition in order to understand their motivations for things such as worthy causes or donating to charities. Well, let's just overstate the obvious. Um, We're talking about education, politics, sports, every level. By by the way, uh, let's just give credit. Let's give a little shout out to uh, Shrek for 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 weighing in on that competitive nature clip um uh you know because well clearly you've never seen shrek i've seen shrek because because it was it was it's it's kind of like uh it's very shrek like you know it is shrek like donkey doesn't that bother you it's a great movie it is a great movie but you know that's you know that's there's competitive like sean connery there a little bit then well yeah it is he he definitely is do you know who shrek the voice of shrek is yeah who no no i do do you know foxy no i don't it's mike myers yeah i was gonna i was gonna say some random yes collab of two names but i mean him yes it's very Shrek-like. It brought me it's back to Shrek. It's not his accent, though, right? He kind of made that character. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Mike Myers, you know, he has many talents. Very talented man. So, according to Shrek, <laughs> the psychology of competitiveness is all about the um, the wide net that it casts. Because when you really look, yes, today's show is all about the competitive mind, born or made. And of course, because it's the head game, we're talking more about relevant topics in sports and how that moves us, levels of achievement, how it drives us. But the competitive mind is everywhere. Uh, It takes place in uh, parking lot exchanges where you arrive to work and you see someone uh, how they're dressed a particular day and you want to you want to you know what they say Jess you drive excuse me you dress for success you dress for the job that you want not that you want the one the one that you have so you need to keep that in mind that's all that's all driven back to the competitive spirit and how it sort of moves us and how it it creates a certain level of energy within us where does the level of competitiveness come from you said earlier that you think it's born. Correct? You think that you no. said you said every oh that's my I, point. Yeah, that was your point. My point. You say that it's made. <laughs> I said it was made. You said it was born. Yes. So yeah. so give me an example of how you think uh, as as it relates to Shrek here and his his take on things. Well, thanks to Shrek. Um okay. 
should I keep rele- keep it relevant? Um, you can do whatever you want. What is his name? Fred Van Fleet for mm-hmm. the for Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an undrafted player. He had some monster threes last night. He's a good player, and he worked his tail off to get there, exactly to that point where he's at. Um, mm-hmm. That might not be a good example. Ah, I, don't, I don't know a lot about him. I just heard that story briefly. But is that, is, that, is that work ethic versus being competitive? What, what, how do you define competitive? I'm going to go into Michael Jordan. I'm going to Michael Jordan now. Okay, you're going to your safe place. Go ahead. <laughs> so we know his story where he didn't make Jordan the Jordan or Kobe. Team. Go ahead. Go to your safe zone. <laughs> he didn't make the team, and I, I'm pretty sure that that taught him something. He, he became competitive. He became like, okay, I need to step up. I need to get better because I'm not, I, I want to make this team. I want to continue. I'm going to outright disagree with you because I think you are confusing competitive with work ethic. Worker, with work ethic. Because I think competitive, competitive, think about it this way. If there's only one resource available between the two of us, whether it's an Apple, whether it's a cell phone and we need to make a call, you and I are going to compete for that level of achievement. One trophy, one prize, one claim. So when resources are not plentiful, the level of competition gets raised within us. Think about it for a second. It's what's it's 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 what's being drawn out of us in that moment that some people have a much higher level of than others. You're turning on my research side of my brain. Go right ahead. When I think of born mm-hmm. and competitiveness, I, I think of I'm, I'm I'm clearly thinking of like an infant when I when I think of are you born competitive, and I'm. I think the atmosphere has a lot to do with it, the, where you're born at. That's going to like kind of groom like who you are. Right. Nature versus nurture, right? The environment, what it actually does to us. I'm not saying it can't be cultivated or developed. I'm saying this level of competitiveness that is then you see. What distinguishes the ultra-competitive person from the rest of the pack? Because there are, it's, there are not a lot of them. They're not. You look at Michael Jordan, okay? Everyone goes to the story where he was cut from his junior high basketball team. Anthony Robbins has highlighted interviews that he's done with him. That's when he's, he recommitted to becoming the best basketball player that he can. A lot of people overlook that when Michael Jordan first came to the NBA, the Detroit Pistons owned the Bulls, owned them. And it was only after he lost to the Bulls that he then revisited how committed he was. So that's got nothing to do with being competitive. I think the competitiveness now comes after you start to see the labor that you invest and you actually bear some fruit from that investment. And when those two things collide, but it's the innate point of view that I think allows the athlete to take their game from one level to the next. It's a quarter past the hour, and you know what that's time for. We're talking about competition today. We're talking about is the competitive mind born or is it made? And there's only one guy that I know, only one cat that I would reach out to and I would say to, what do you think? It's Coach Cal's Corner, and there it is. Good morning, Coach. Good, man. How are you? 
morning. We're doing good. We're, just, we're making some competitive beasts over here. This yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, yeah, this is in your wheelhouse, brother. We start talking about yes, the sir. competitive mind. Right? So we're just going to get right after it, man. The competitive mind, plain and simple, born or made? I think that there are definitely people that are born with it. Um, but I do think it can be nurtured. I don't know. I don't know if it can be nurtured to the extent that you can be um, that pro athlete that people would would seek to be or aspire to be. But I think that definitely there are some some individuals, whether it's sports related or just in life in general, that come out very competitive. And I do also think that. Um, Early upbringing, early nurturing makes a big difference in how competitive you are as a as an adult. Um, and again, I think it like we've talked about before. I think this carries over into everything that we do. And sometimes it's a very positive thing, and sometimes it can be a negative thing. Do you think there's such a thing, Cal, as being too competitive as an athlete? Uh, I do. Um, I, I think if you are too competitive and it's a distraction, it's detrimental. Um, I think if you are too competitive, um, let's just say outside of athletic performance, let's say if you're too competitive just in your personal life, um, I think it can be a, a real turnoff for some people. Um, I know even for myself, I was, I was always very competitive and still very competitive. Um, everything I do is driven to excel. Um, and I saw it in my son where, you know, there are some people, even when you're playing pickup games or if you're in, in a gym class. Yeah, the more, or, the more casual, right? The more casual yeah. experience, right? They're, they're like, dude, like, what's really up? What's happened. up with going on over there, man? Like tone it yeah. down. Yeah. I always wanted to, you know, be my best. I always wanted to win. And sometimes I couldn't turn it off. And, uh, you know, when you're just having a pickup game down at, you know, Grundy Courts or whatever, you know, growing up in Bristol, some guys don't like that. You know, you know, they don't want to play with you after a while because you go hard all the time. And, um, you know, I told, I used to have to tell my son the same thing. I was like, look, just try to have fun sometimes with your friends. Don't kill your friends. Otherwise, you may lose those friends. Right. Um, so I do think you can be too competitive some, you know, in some situations. Um, and, and, and then, you know, athletics i think if it's something where you're so competitive that it ends up being a distraction for you then it's bad so i'm going to give you i think competitiveness is great i think you have to have competitive a competitive nature to succeed i'm going to give you a flip side though right because i remember i was i grew up in a very competitive household i had an older brother who was three years older than me uh who had more natural athleticism than i did uh, he was faster than me. He had a stronger arm than me. Uh, I was the younger brother that would get upset and go cry to mom because my big brother threw the ball too hard when we were playing catch. That 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 that, that, that was me, right? But, I, I laugh because I have we've had a similar situation <laughs> between my two sons. <laughs> and, and, right, Jack's throwing it too hard. He's throwing it too hard, you know. Yeah. And, and 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 he's saying, just shut up, just catch the ball, yes. you know. Yes. Uh, right. So, what is it <laughs> yes. to, to your point? Right. Um, that's part of sculpting. Uh-huh. A certain level of resiliency. I was saying to Jess earlier, I think there's other words and phrases that can very easily get morphed into what is being competitive, like work ethic or resiliency, yeah. right? So when we're talking about competition, 
and we're talking about what drives us is there ever a time where that competition like i quickly revert back to academics I was always competing with the one or two kids in my class that I knew was always getting better grades than me. Yeah, it was it, was, it wasn't something that was talked about. I would always keep one eye, you know, it's like when you sit in the line the 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 classes the um the desks, excuse me, are all in, you know, vertical rows, and you're, you're, there's always that person, like, up and to the left, like, over, you're, you're peering over their right shoulder for, for nine months of school, and you just see the A, the A, the A, like, it's always getting dropped <laughs> on their desk, and it would, it would bother me. It would bother me because I would then look at my own without even realizing it, right? Not even even someone yeah. saying to me, you need to get straight A's. I mean, academics were emphasized in my household. Both of my parents were teachers. It was very important, but it was never about if you don't get an A, that's unacceptable. But there is right. something more innate in me. When you, when, you, when you hear a story like that, talk to me a little bit, Cal, about your own experiences. What innately would make you more competitive than others? Well, I, ironically, we come from similar backgrounds, and I was exactly the same in the classroom as I was on the field or on the court. Um, I always wanted to be, you know, not necessarily be the best in the class. Well, yeah, I wanted to be the best. I always wanted to excel, and I don't know what the what the reason was i don't know what inside me wanted to always do so well but that's how i was in the classroom that's how i was on the court that's how i was on the field um we would have little things where we let's just say back in elementary school where we had to recite times tables you know from one to twelve or you know numbers from one to twelve and we had to do it as fast as we can I wanted to be the kid that could do it the fastest. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it was, I wanted to be, you know, the best at it. And again, I don't know if it's because of, you know, the environment that we were groomed in from the town, from our parents' backgrounds, whatever it might have been. Um, and again, there was no pressure from my parents saying that you have to have A's, but it was something that I wanted to do. And, you know, it was the same through high school. Um, so I don't, I mean... I don't know. I mean, that's it's hard to say because I, I guess it's one-sided for me right. from the standpoint of, you know, how I approach things. And maybe that's why it's a little um, more challenging for me to see kids that don't have that drive in them. And it makes me want to get that competitiveness out of them. Um, it's always something we incorporate in our training. It's always something that we incorporate with our teams. Um, we try to explain it to the kids, too, because... Um, you know, there are some that are not going to be as competitive, and you want to try to find what gets their toe tap and what motivates them to want to succeed and, and not just uh, be happy with mediocre because there's more in them that we can draw out of them to make them better than what they are and, and achieve things that they really think that they can. Now, in so, today's world, when you think about... Uh, sometimes how being competitive is a negative. It depends on the age. It depends on the setting. When you think about that kid or that child, you know, Jess in past shows has talked about uh, the younger generation being raised way too soft, right? About how we, you know, everyone gets a medal. 
And when you think about in, in, in our culture today and in our society, when you look at the ultra-competitive, those groups now, through travel sports in many cases, mm-hmm. tend to find each other flock together, birds of a feather, yeah. right? They, they, yeah, they yeah, all kind of gravitate. When you think about, though, when it's deemed a negative... Where do you think that point of view is coming from when you look at someone who is really gutting after it, who really wants to win, who's competing all the time? Where do you think that notion first comes from? I'm not sure if it's coming from people who don't understand it, maybe because they're less competitive. Um, I don't know if it's people who were never able to uh, be at that top 5% of the group. Um or, you know, maybe it's people that have, you know, a, a different vision and different observation um, than what we do. But, I mean, I could see at, at the younger ages the value of making it enjoyable and fun for the kids so they can continue to develop um, and get into that com- real, you know, real competitive nature. I also respect the kid who naturally is very competitive, and I wouldn't want to suppress that in the kid, and sometimes that's what happens. Yes. You, know, you, you get this environment where, you know, um, it's wrong to be that competitive and, and, and to, you know, want to do the extra thing that's necessary to, to be great. And um, it's not wrong. Let that kid be competitive. Let him be aggressive. Let him work hard. Um, I guess it's kind of like the whole, and I don't mean to be offensive. I know you tell me don't say that, but the whole, <laughs> like, a child left behind, a student left behind mentality. I think when you um, try to make it a level playing field and make things remedial for kids that excel and more are more competitive, I think it hurts them more than anything. Um, so I'm all for you know youth sports at an early age, make it fun, have them understand the sport, um, grow and develop a love for the sport, but. I don't think you can suppress the competitive nature after a certain point, and I don't know what that point is yet. I think um, I think when you see you got to develop it. I think when you I agree with you that it needs to be developed, but I I think when you see the competitive nature that is uh, put down, it's typically from that type of person. Or, or, or that upbringing or that experience that just suggests it's way too much. There's, there's, yeah. no, there's no room for that type of intensity. And I think psychologically what that's really about is that competitiveness is making the other group more uncomfortable with themselves. Yeah, you know, it's it's like when you get invited to, uh, you know, the 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 holiday party, and the first thing that you're doing that you're checking is what's the game schedule like, and what time is the party, and is, are those right. type of people going to be the type of hosts that actually have the game on, or is it going to be more about how we're going to, you know, all interface socially? And am I going to right. be that outlier? Am I going to be that ultra-competitive guy that just can right. never turn it off and, God, you're so intense, that wants to go sure. check the score or wants to actually enjoy the game because that's more part of my own competitive spirit? I think there's more sure. of a natural divide there. It's not a question of who's right or who's wrong. But this goes Agreed. back to my point of born or made. I think it's more born. I think it can be yeah. developed and it yeah. can be heightened, but I think yeah. it's... It's more just, hey, 
that Cal is one competitive cat. Like right on, brother. Right. Like you ever see him yeah. get after it? That's just that's. I think that's either in your DNA or it's not. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to agree. And like I said, you know, just being one sided and only being really able to feel what I I feel, and obviously you feel the same thing. It sounds like I want to win in everything. I want to be the best in everything. You know, and I'll do whatever I need to do to make whatever I'm involved in to be the best. Um, but it's also, if I take a step back, it's also why I appreciate and fully support rec leagues because it's not as competitive. It is more fun. It's more social, and that's how it should be. But when you get into the next level right. where it is very competitive and you get into the travel teams and you get into you know uh, the college level, it's not just fun anymore, all right? It's about winning. And, you know, I say that about, you know, varsity sports at the high school level, too. You can't put people in games because they're the senior on the team. You put the best team you have out on the court, out on the field, to give your team the best chance to win. If you're not into that and you don't want to win and you don't want to get challenged and you don't want to succeed, play rec ball. There's nothing wrong with rec ball. It's fun. My kids love it. I love it. But when it comes down to that most important sport, that most important event, whatever it might be, the competitive area is where those people that are hungry for it should be. And the people that are not and that are expecting it to get that participation trophy, that's not for you. All right, Cal. In a different league. I want you to cap us off with a, a, a solid minute of, of Coach Cal's corner of his finest competitive mind, born or made. Final thoughts. <laughs> I, I will agree with Dr. Piccarello that I, I believe that there are individuals that are born more competitive than others. I do also believe that you can enhance the competitiveness in different individuals. And I don't think that it's something that should you know, delineate one person or one group from the other from a standpoint of if you're in a team environment, we want to try to make that team the best they can be, which means we have to work on the competitive side, which again goes back to the things that we've always been talking about, that Coach Cal can make you the biggest, strongest, fastest athlete, but Coach slash Dr. Piccarello, and I say coach because you are a mental strength coach, will make you the strongest mental athlete you can be and when you put these two efforts together you're going to be the best athlete you can be whether you're a competitive athlete or a recreational athlete never forget have fun make memories look back and never have any regrets thank you brother i appreciate that coach john kalinowski from the kalinowski performance academy as per usual thank you for your wisdom and your passion In the arena, part two. As we roll on, Dr. Lee Piccarello of the head game here on DCB. Jess was disappointed that you didn't you didn't roll back in with Gloria. I, I just, thought I had it, and then I, I couldn't find it in the system, so I decided to go my backup plan on this. Little, this I like is, this one. This is, you know, cherry to fire. Am I allowed to like Gloria? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And she has a, she was an interesting story, Laura Brannigan. She was trying to be a soap opera actress. The door slammed in her face, so she tried singing, and number one song. So, one up, one door See, closes, the other opens. Hit single. That's right. 
Jess is still steaming because Coach Kel agreed with me, and she's, wow. been, she's been mounting her assault during the break. So we're going to get right back into Very it. Very competitive. We're going to go her. back to her wheelhouse, so she has absolutely no excuses whatsoever. Right. We're going to go to number four, Michael Jordan, and simply the mind of the competitor. A good competitor always evaluates his opponent, and you understand for what he really is, but you never, you never try to give him confidence you try to take it at all times and sometimes it's easier to take confidence as opposed and sometimes it's harder but mentally i gotta find a way and sometimes you have to trick yourself and see if all that trash talking starts when it's zero zero instead of five six point lead that's where it starts you have to look inside yourself and find the different types of challenges from game to game you know, I look at who I'm playing against and look at some of the things that now I can focus and pull out to, to get me ready for the game. That's how I got myself motivated, you know. And But it wasn't the same every game. It was, you know, I, have to, I had to trick myself. I had to, you know, more or less find a, a focus to, to go out and play at a certain level for whatever reason. Who were some of the guys you enjoyed competing against personally? All the best. I mean, you know, Bird, Magic, Patrick. Whoever was considered the elite player, doesn't matter. You know, I enjoy playing against them because it, they pushed me as, an, as a basketball player. So when you listen to all of that, is there anything in particular that kind of leaps out at you? Yeah, when he um, mentions how he has to find his focus, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because... He clearly, obviously, is a competitor, but he, at, at, at that extent, he needs to kind of tune into it, and his way of doing that is, he kind of explained it. I didn't write it down, so I don't remember exactly, but um, he, he wanted to go out, and he had to, like, he liked, I, I don't know, I just love how he loved, like, playing elite players, because I think that also was, like, a, a focus for him, like, when mm-hmm. you're playing somebody that's the same talent as you or better, you're going to... right. It just it just comes out naturally. It's not. <laughs> this is what I'd like to highlight. I think when we listen to Michael Jordan, a lot of people overlook the fact that he's giving these interviews at a very well-established point in his professional career. And he's had thousands of hours of experiences that all have sort of culminated into what we're listening to him talk about tricking himself when you think about michael jordan and you you hear that he actually you can actually hear the cigar in his mouth when he is talking because he's just that casual of engaging in his vices we all know michael jordan loved to gamble got criticized at points of gambling actively during the season playing poker different types of card games on the golf course losing hundreds of thousands of dollars through gambling well that's again part of this ultra competitive spirit it's um playing with charles barkley uh you know a game of horse for twenty five thousand dollars Why? Because you can. Because you're constantly looking to raise the stakes. But he uses a very simple term, trick myself. And I want to explore that a little bit. Why in the world does Michael Jordan, arguably one of the greatest, not basketball players, athletes of our generation, why does he have to trick himself 
to compete against a Patrick Ewing, a Larry Bird, a Magic Johnson. There's something innate in there mentally that he has, but he knows that he wants to turn up the heat. And I think that's what the trick myself is all about. He wants to go take what we all call a natural level of competitiveness. Michael Jordan is a competitive person. He wants to take it to a next level. And that has a lot to do with insight of knowing where he performs the best. And I think this why it goes back to my argument that these people are born. They know that there's a different level about them. They may not necessarily know how to get there, especially earlier in their career, but they know there's another gear that they have. And once they find it, they can take great things and do monumental things. Okay, so I dabbled with your thought process that they're born with it while Cal was talking. And what conclusion did you come up with? And I came up with quite a few. The first that I came up with that I do think that for some reason in my head, I think that competition is correlated with intelligence. I think that there's an intelligence level because you have to understand your emotional control. If you're too competitive, you're not going to be... I think you kind of figure things out. And, I, I, and at a young age, I think if someone is intelligent enough to understand that, let's say they're six and they're like, well... Bobby and Ryan are really good, but I understand that we're all the same. And I think that I can be better than you. I think that takes some sort of intelligence. Is that intelligence in a traditional sense? Because I think the older that we get, what that sounds like to me is more emotional intelligence. Well, I said there was two. I think it's more of a natural, like you're kind of, that's why I said I dabbled with yours. If you're born with something, what are you born with? I'm thinking people can be more intelligent than somebody else initially. Innately, correct. Sure. And it's something that can be cultivated and it can be developed. Um, let's hear from another one of your greats. I just want—I just want to kind of hammer this home. Let's go to number five, Foxy. This is Tiger Woods at age fourteen. Oh my goodness! If I had any doubts about playing on college level. That's not Tiger Woods at 14. We'll see if we can get that in just a moment. Number five. Number five. Yeah, number five. He he says... Oh, you got it. We good? Okay. Five must be... I remember there's two number fives. I don't know. I don't know. Who's 55? Jikembe Mutombo. I blame I electronics. Think yeah. Yeah, maybe just duplicate it instead. Let's try, it, let's try it again. No, yes or no? Yeah, no I, five? I, it's, it says five here. But you see, that's okay. It's not, it's, it. it's not meant to be, okay. Jess. So we're going to have to go back to four and no. five are the same. Yeah, what, like. what he, 14-year-old Tiger Woods is explaining that, how he, he said, like, it's, He's competitive, and it's he wants to be competitive at clutch moments. That's where it, it comes for him. It comes naturally. Right. Well, he But he also talks about the level of competition. He also talks about evaluating his opponent first. This goes to your intelligence argument. The dabbling of toes in the water of Dr. Lee's competitiveness is myself. born. You did. <laughs> you did. And that's okay, because that's what we do here. here. Doctor, I want to ask you one thing. Yes, like, sir. I just, while you were saying that. Yes, there's also maybe an element of insecurity in there with MJ. No, with anybody. With anybody. I mean, competitive. There's there's <clears throat> bravado and 
Maybe you're trying to hide something as well. Is it, Trick it, myself, perhaps. Is Over, think, overcompensating, yeah. perhaps. It's instinct. Yes. Yeah. But okay. the other thing, too, which I also found very interesting from Michael Jordan is he said he wants to take confidence from others. Think about that statement. Right. When you think about confidence, you know, one of those things that traditional mental skill, something that everyone's looking to build, to develop. It's the belief that you have a skill set that you can execute when needed. Mike Tyson. would like Right. Everyone has a game plan until they get hit in the face. (laughs) That was Mike Tyson's comment to everything. Everyone's got a strategy to beat me until they get hit and then everything changes. So you're taking something from someone. But there's also that innate level of belief belief that you can actually go and take something from someone for you to even to begin that process and that goes back to born that goes back to whatever my experiences are thus far when i compete with jesse because i hear she's got a pretty good jump shot i'm going to take confidence from her not when i'm up six to two but when it's zero zero because that's the idea of Jordan's other approach to competing is trash talking. And we all know that he was the master at that, that he would get into someone's head and he would not relent. We've heard the stories about him punching Steve Kerr in the face during practice because he wasn't he didn't feel that Steve Kerr was working as hard as he should. This is going against his own teammates, mind you, or he just couldn't turn it off. Now, if we take that back 20 years earlier and we see that type of attitude, more specifically behavior in adolescence, that's completely inappropriate. That's misguided. What were those parents thinking when they they raised that child to to behave that way? That child is out of control. Now, I think that's a great segue, and I'm going to ruin it for just one second because I can't. I'm too competitive to give up my initial thought that it was made, made, not born. Yes. So when you're saying the MJ thing, and you're saying that he's going to be able to take that confidence from somebody else. That's a, that's a whole other animal in itself. But then I think of that opposite person. Who is he taking that from and how do they feel? Because at that point, maybe they're not as competitive as him. But when they... when They, they sense that they can't compete at his level. Right. And that could trigger something. And it can. That, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I don't want to lose to that person. It's, you start to kind of build on this competitive when you talk about the elite athletes that are constantly going back and forth against one another we've heard from other interviews about how great players enjoy playing one another we heard from a few weeks back kobe talking about his best game had to be present when he played against elite competition because that other person was deserving of his best effort that's higher level thinking that's to your point of intelligence. But I'm again, if we're going back to the born, I think there needs to be something. It's very analogous to Game of Thrones and the Mother of Dragons. Let's just say that for a second. Khaleesi knew that she was impervious to fire. So she takes the dragon eggs into the fire against all odds, against disbelief, because she knew that she was going to be just fine. So everyone else is looking at that behavior, that decision as unstable, crazy, out of control. But then when she rises from the ashes and she, the eggs have turned to dragons, it all makes sense. Now Khaleesi's <laughs> persona 
goes from the norm of everyone else to something far more superior. It needs to begin with that internal belief that you can do something bold and still get a better result. Those are for all the Game of Thrones fans Jeez, out there. Wow. Just saying. I, I, say, I say Yvonne Drago, you will lose. That's, all, that? I, that's all I need. Foxy didn't even watch Game of Thrones, and I he's must, already in. I must break you. He's, gonna, he's now going to go binge all weekend because <laughs> of what I just did right there. Good luck. And for all of those GOT fans out there who haven't seen that part of yet, I'm sorry. My point was it needs to be said. Uh, if, if I spoiled anything, <laughs> my apologies. You will lose. Let's go to our segue point. Let's go to... Number two, Foxy, this is the effect that competitiveness can have on children. The drive to win. The French had it in Moscow. Djokovic had it again at Wimbledon. Competitive sports are crucial in teaching young people how to function in a team. But recent UK surveys show teenagers would be happy not to have to compete. So is it healthy to instill a win-at-all-costs mentality in young people? Are there wider societal shifts making our kids recoil from competition? Donald Trump might stray from convention on most policy fronts, but one area where his views are conventional is on the value of competitive sports. Participating in sports builds character, forges friendships, tears down barriers, and brings people from all walks of life closer together. What I want to focus on on that, because she has a great British accent and she's talking about, you know, tennis early on, um, mm-hmm. is, is there a question to you, Jesse? Is there a specific difference of how competitiveness is defined based on where we live in the world and the culture that we come from? Um, I would say 100% yes for culture. I think culture is so important. Um, why? I guess you're going to ask me. Um, I mean, just like cultures are so different. There's, I, I have to go into other like ways to explain this. For if if someone passes away in the African culture, it's so it's you're supposed to mourn for three plus months. But if you do that in America, you're considered clinically depressed. It's a cultural thing, and I think that that it's the same for competitiveness. I'd assume. I don't. I don't know. That's hard because I don't actually know. I, I go right right to like. But I but I I think you stick with your gut instinct because I think that you're accurate, and I think that that's a, a really good point that you made as it relates to mourning. Uh, grieving and how it's determined or labeled based on our culture. When you think about competitive sports, more specifically competitive athletes, I think we naturally gravitate to different cultures and we apply a norm to it and say, well, that person is uniquely competitive and that makes sense because of where they come from. Versus if we see something non-traditional or something that doesn't meet the norm, more specifically the stereotype, and someone is ultra-competitive, but it doesn't necessarily align stereotypically with their culture, then we say, well, wow, that's, that's an outlier. That's odd. That's bizarre. That's peculiar. Where did that come from? How did that happen? But you know what that all goes back to? It goes back to my argument of competitiveness being born. Because it might be cultivated and developed based on the environment, which I am in full agreement with. But I think the level that you take it 
has much to do with the foundation that you start with. Okay. No, I agree. I, I have agreed from the beginning. I just can't not stick to my guns. That's the competitiveness inside you, of me. You don't have to explain Although away I'm, your different I'm wrong. I think it's more of a, a, a balance between you're born with it and then it has to be groomed. I think it ha- you have to have both. Mm-hmm. Um, this video really bothered me. <laughs> and I think that there, to your point with being born, I think that she's explaining, maybe not, she's asking the question, but they're they're like pushing the competitiveness under the table she says the drive to win some kids some teenagers there's studies that went out that they're happy not competing and then i immediately think well when you push yourself to compete isn't that how you get better and if you're not doing that then what's happening and then my mind goes way off it goes like way side i think it goes back to the definition of competitive because when you listen to your explanation, if you're not competing, you're not learning, growing, getting better. And if you're not doing those things, what are you doing? And how can a teenager be satisfied with not improving? I think it all goes back to mindset. I think the very reason why you continue to be adamant in your position on competitiveness is because that's how you are born. Even though your stance might be otherwise, it still goes back to how you're hardwired and, yes, your experiences, how you were raised, your parents, coaches, family, friends, they all contribute to the development of that. But there's still the original radio signal within you, Jesse, that that defines who <laughs> Jessica is. I agree. And I still can't. <laughs> Like, just give into it. I just still can't. That's okay. So I, I think that you... You will say later. That you You'll are. send me an email later or a text. <laughs> That's okay. Um, like, some could... Like, when you say, oh, Jessica, you're, you're just like your dad. Now I'm going way... I'm going, like, um, what's the movie? Like, Inception? I'm going way back, back, are, back. Like, really? I'm not me. I'm someone else who is competitive. <laughs> Okay. So, so what do you mean by that? Stick with it. If, if you're going to bring up Inception, don't just stall out on I'm me. I'm pretty sure it ends with you're born with it. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. That's why you stalled out on me, because I was reinforcing. I understand. But this is the thing, though. When we talk about the competitive mind, let's, let's briefly highlight some of the things that we've discussed. I just want you to – I'm going to give you rapid fire, and I want you to give me some answers, okay? We're going more off script, because that's what Jesse likes. How does one become more competitive? Is it taught? Yes or no? Yes. Is there such a thing as being too competitive? Yes or no? Yes. Is competition bad for our children? No. What are the benefits from being competitive? Becoming better as a human. Explain. Growing as a human. When you're being competitive, what are the advantages of being competitive was the question? Yes. Um, if you're not competitive, what, like, why would you want to continue living on life? I don't understand. It doesn't. It's a, it's a huge question mark. Like, if you, like, I can't. I can't say any. I don't understand. You're just so consumed with it all. It's just all coming to I a head. I just don't understand. If you're in school, because you were born it. this way, baby. That's right. I said it. I've been holding out for for 53 minutes. It's it, Lady Gaga wrapped it up. Because you were born this way, baby. Final question. What do all great athletes have in common? Their mindset of being competitive. (laughs) Is their competitive drive to be better built or acquired? 
both. Why? Question mark. Um, I guess that we can. I, I'm. A, I compromise. I'm a big compromise. I like to tame the situation. So yes, they're born with it. You're a sports psychologist. I just brought you on. I want your opinion. I don't want compromise. (laughs) I want you as the expert to tell me what you think and why. Thank you, Foxy. There's no wrong answers. Isn't that today's generation? That's the... Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) That's the... I'm just going full circle here with everything. Go right ahead. And you're and you're no, narrating that, that full my... circle as well. I mean, that's a talent unto itself. Just let the full circle happen. I think my my opinion is that it is both. I think that you are born with something and then I think that who your parents are, who you associate with, who you who is attracted to you as a role model, that all comes from within and then it just kind of grows from yourself from there like you want to be if my role model is michael jordan and i want to be a basketball player i'm going to strive to be what he is which is based on who you are so yes you can we can strive we can we can reach out for right when when you when you hear of uh, other sports psychologists working in major league baseball and you naturally strive and gravitate to them, right? And you look at what they've done or what they've achieved or you read about their path. That's all sculpting and developing a natural state of competitiveness. However, this is my point. The extent in which you take your pursuits is only predicated on how dominant that competitive heart light, there's my ET reference, your heart light glows, that's all based on that. It begins with, yes, it might be being brought out. It might be being more developed and cultivated by what you are seeing. But it all goes back to how is it strengthening that heart muscle of your raw competitiveness. And you are born with that. I'm going to make the next topic is competitiveness just intelligence. <laughs> okay. But if you do that, then we need to we need to look at the levels of intelligence because when you say intelligence i think that requires even more of a dive into what versions of those intelligence in fact exist because i think the the emotional intelligence the ei is a very crucial piece to all of this that's just my two cents so why don't you why don't you wrap up your final statement and kind of let me know what you've come to a conclusion on based on today's topic the competitive mind born or made Okay. So I... Tell me what you got. You know, I think that growing up, you learn that sometimes you just got to bite the bullet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's me being mature and, and learning from mm-hmm. past things. Mm-hmm. So I think that after a long consideration, that I think that an athlete, if you're competitive... I guess I don't have to say athlete. I can say anybody. You can. Um, you are born with it. And then from there, I keep I keep linking this intelligence to something, but I do have a I did write right next to it emotional control. That's I don't I have to I have to come back next week. Okay, I, I all right. See, that's that's that that's something you need to think about, and we can start off maybe next week on yeah. Jesse's recap. <laughs> well done, Jess. And now. Dr. Lee's Mindful Athlete Minute brought to you by Volvo Country with locations in Princeton, Bridgewater, and Edison. Is the competitive mind born or made? Now that is the question, for if we determine the answer, 
We document it well. It shall become the scribe that will stand for all time. It's the instruction booklet for achievement, for success, for the light and the art that it depicts, the life, in which we perform the role we all want to play a part in. Competition in life leads to a transformation of mind, body, and spirit. It contributes to the evolution of man, and it transforms the footprint that generations yet to come can follow and mimic. The truth is, the competitive mind is like Willy Wonka's everlasting gobstopper. No matter what they endure, no matter what happens to them, they never, ever get any smaller. Now we know that competitive coaches, they're sometimes like the mad scientists in the chocolate factory. And our teammates, well, we love and protect them like the Oompa Loompas. But it's that golden ticket we all seek in our pursuits throughout life. The one opportunity that represents our everything. Deep down, there's a little bit of Charlie in all of us. We wonder. We hope and dream. We wait. But it's the moment that we all face at the end of our tour that defines us. Competing for the same resources, yes, with limited availability, even more. Game time. Thrive or survive? Is there a glass elevator in your future? My name is Dr. Lee Piccarello, and that's my Mindful Athlete Minute.